Hi, and welcome to the Reiki from the Farm podcast brought to you by me, Pam Allen LeBlanc from Hiddenbrook Farm. I am a scientist, a businesswoman, and a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. Each week in this podcast, you'll be entertained as you learn about a wide variety of relevant Reiki topics, helping you become a more knowledgeable and effective Reiki practitioner. We caution you, though, this podcast may also dramatically improve your life, and we are so happy that you're here. Welcome to our Reiki Share. I wanted to let everybody know about a few things that we have coming up in case they are of interest to you. I do have a a series of classes coming up in the Atlantic time zone online in July. I've got a Reiki Level 1 and 2, Reiki Masters, Karuna Reiki Masters, and Animal Reiki. I am also hoping to have Animal Reiki Masters classes available this summer, so stay tuned for those. And uh, coming up in a few weeks, I also have a Reiki business course. And so if you've ever thought of starting a Reiki business, we've got six weekly sessions, which will just walk you through a number of those things. And that brings us into our conversation this evening. One of the things that showed up for me as a Reiki practitioner was last March. I was in London, England. I had just finished teaching a Reiki class when the borders started closing and all of that. So I was flying home and in the Heathrow airport and I really felt like my life purpose was handed to me because I looked around and I just felt all of the the panic and the discomfort and fear and frustration and, and all of the anxiety and overwhelm that everybody was feeling as a result of the pandemic and the unknown as the world shut down. And I thought, everyone needs Reiki. I felt like an oasis of calm in the midst of the Heathrow Airport. And just because I I knew everything was going to be fine and I did get home and self-isolated. But in that airport, as I looked around, I thought everyone needs Reiki at a time like this. I can remember talking with my mentor, Colleen Benelli, and she said her dream was for every family to have a Reiki practitioner in it. And I really felt at that time, this was several years ago, and I thought, well, that's a bit far-fetched. I don't know if Reiki would ever spread that much. But when the pandemic happened, I realized the validity of that and the fact that it would be really useful for everyone to have Reiki to just help them through some of the difficult situations. And I realized she was right, that every family did need a Reiki practitioner in it to help them through. And as I had this realization, the Reiki energy nudged me. I I get nudges from the energy and guidance, and it showed that in my position as a licensed Reiki master teacher, where in addition to being a Reiki master teacher, we do an additional three years and a thousand hours of training, 
and the fact that I have a master's in business administration that although I couldn't teach all of the people that needed to learn Reiki I could teach the other teachers and practitioners so that they could then spread and share Reiki and so with that in mind I came home and I started something called a Reiki master mentor group we meet monthly we're on our um, 12th month of meeting we have one more month and a new session will begin this coming July but for some reason in the very first session I was guided to announce that I'm creating a book about this called the Reiki business book and I guess that's the whole reason for our talk tonight it's not so much about the book or the course it's about the fact that so many of us once we have Reiki we can do so much in the world there are so many other people aside from ourselves that we can help and yet that can also be very difficult to extend your reach and reach out with Reiki and a lot of us have difficulty even coming out of the closet and letting people know that we have Reiki. Karen was mentioning that she's got people with PhDs coming to get Reiki and certainly that can be a bit intimidating at first but really sharing Reiki at all can be intimidating at first and yet when we look around when you think about how much Reiki has helped you and how much it has impacted your life we all naturally want to share that gift and it is a gift it's a gift that comes through grace and we all naturally would like to share that with the people that we love and yet for some reason it can be very difficult to step out there and do that. We're afraid of being ridiculed. We're afraid that it won't work. We're afraid that maybe we won't be powerful enough or maybe it won't work through us very well. And it can bring up a lot of layers of insecurity when it is time to stretch out beyond our self-reiki and start sharing it with others. And yet, I really think that is the pathway to growth. There is a horsewoman that I follow, Linda Kohanov, who wrote The Tao of Equus and, and quite a, a few wonderful philosophical horse books. And one of the things that she talks about is how there's power in vulnerability. So while it can be really difficult to make ourselves vulnerable, and to put ourselves out there and offer Reiki, even to friends and family sometimes, that can even be difficult. I want to see if there's anything we can do this evening to just make that a little bit easier for you, to extend your reach. And of course, self-Reiki is always a priority, but as you reach out and start sharing Reiki with others, whether it's in classes if you're a Reiki master or whether it is as a practitioner then we really start to grow our connection with Reiki and so I'd really love you to experience that because as much as I was nervous to put myself out there I had to get through that in order to share Reiki because I felt it was just so important 
uh, for others. I kind of joke when I teach Reiki level one and two, and I tell people once they have their attunement, now go and practice Reiki on anyone who will hold still. And it's a joke, but I also mean it. (laughs) If somebody will hold still for you, go ahead and practice Reiki on them. And so I want to walk you through a few things that I've found helpful in putting yourself out there and maybe a few steps that we can take. The first thing is I've noticed that it can be really difficult to talk about Reiki. People will say, so you're a Reiki practitioner or you're a Reiki master? What does that mean? What is that? What is Reiki? And I used to just stumble and stammer and how do you describe miracles? How do you describe this beautiful, wonderful, powerful energy that is so gentle and kind and thoughtful and loving that works on your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit? How do you describe this energy that provides guidance and that just improves your life in so many ways? How do you fit that into an elevator pitch or a sentence for people? And so what I've learned is that most times if I use the the following generic description that Reiki is a Japanese form of stress reduction that often promotes healing. Then if they're not really interested, that's where the conversation ends. And I've described it in a way that honors it and yet is still pretty generic. And yet, if they are interested, they'll say, tell me more. And then we can get into the fact that it is a spiritually guided life force energy. We can get into a conversation about sometimes they say, where does it come from? And I say, I use the word God, but you might use a different word to describe the same thing. And so use whatever word that you like. But for me, that's the word that I'm comfortable with. And so we can get into that conversation. We can get into a conversation about what does it do? I have done a podcast that some of you might like to refer to with Amanda, who was diagnosed with a very fast-acting terminal cancer that had metastasized. It was in her bones. And she's recently been diagnosed NED, no evidence of disease. So... There's things like that that Reiki can do. It it may cause miracles. You can get into a depth of discussion there. And there's something else to bear in mind whenever you're talking about Reiki, and that's the fact that it's okay to change your language dependent on your audience. So, for instance, when I'm in a medical setting, I don't really mention God or the spiritual aspect of Reiki. Instead, I focus on the scientific aspects of it because there's a tremendous amount of science to back up what we do. And if any of you are interested in the science or looking into it a little bit further, there's a wonderful organization that is affiliated with our International Center for Reiki Training called the Center for Reiki Research. And their website is the Center for Reiki Research.org. I'll put a link in the podcast to that. They've peer-reviewed a number of articles on Reiki from the medical journals. 
They've also done summaries of a number of the Reiki programs that are in hospitals. So if I'm talking in more of a scientific setting, that's what I focus on. I focus on some of the research and some of the results. If I'm talking in a really spiritual setting, I can get pretty woo-woo and really go into the conversation in a way that I love to. And if I'm talking somewhere in the middle, then that's where I go with my language. One of the things though that I always like to do before I talk about Reiki is Reiki my voice. So I activate my Reiki, I Reiki my voice box, and I always say a little prayer. And I use the word God, but you substitute whatever word you like to use in the place of source or a life force energy. And I always say, God, here's my voice box. You know what words and what stories these people need to hear better than I do. So please supply the words. And then I allow the, the words to flow through. And it seems to work really well for me. It gives me the discernment to use the language that's going to connect with the audience that I'm speaking with. So that's really nice. The other thing that comes up when it's time for us to go and share Reiki or spread Reiki is that a lot of us have some insecurities and obstacles that will come up. Some of them are from this lifetime and recent, and some of them we're not even aware of. But we can always do Reiki to release those obstacles, and that's in fact what we're going to do in our meditation today. And so just be aware of that, and also be aware there's something called the imposter syndrome. And boy, I can't tell you how many times that showed up for me, where, gosh, people have walked in to my Reiki room with terminal cancer or with lumps and things like that are getting biopsied and walked out and they can't find the lumps or they can't find the kidney stone that was clearly there just days before or they can't find the cancer anymore and yet you still get a little bit nervous before you work with every client and you still wonder. You have to get quite a lot in the bank before you get really confident with it. The thing about Reiki, though, is it's not about us. The best thing that we can do when we do Reiki sessions for others is get out of the way. But our unhealed ego is always going to come up and say, wait a minute, are you sure you can do this? Are you sure you're ready? They might make fun of you. And it's going to give you a hundred reasons why it might not work. And what's really important is to just acknowledge that and say, yes, it might not work but it might. One of the things that Colleen Benelli has said, which made me laugh, but I also recognize the truth of it is, by the time people get to us, they've usually exhausted everything else. So they're just willing to try. And as a Reiki practitioner, the most effective and the most useful thing that we can do is just have our ego and personal energy step to the side, because it isn't about us. We're simply an, a vehicle or a channel that allows the Reiki energy flow through us to them. So the whole interaction isn't about us, it's about the Reiki energy and the person on our table that has asked to be connected with it. And so if you can maybe think about that, 
and realize that we're not that big of a part of the puzzle. Sometimes people have said to me, you're really good at what you do. And I just laugh because I say, I'm really good at getting out of the way. That's what I'm good at. (laughs) What happens is between Reiki and the person on my table. That's what I'm good at, getting out of the way and allowing it to happen. And another thing that I'm really good at is listening and just listening to my client before and after the session. I've had an opportunity to work with thousands of clients at this point. And I think that after a while, the imposter syndrome goes away because you realize this just works. It just works. It doesn't always work the way we expect it to. It's important for us not to become attached to an outcome, but it just always seems to work. And the last thing I really wanted to focus on today is I wanted to ask each and every one of you listening to think about whether there is anyone in your life who might be open to receiving Reiki. And just give that some thought. And if there is, write that down. It might be animals or people or plants but just make a list of some of the people in your life that might be open to receiving Reiki. You can actually hold that list in your hands and send Reiki to it and say, if these people would be open to receiving Reiki, please help us start a conversation about that. Please help connect us so that we might be able to begin sharing Reiki, that I might be able to introduce Reiki energy to them if they would be open to it. And then just watch what happens and just be willing if the opportunity arises to talk about Reiki. There's several ways you can offer it. You don't need to charge for Reiki, especially if you're just getting started. If you are ready to open a professional practice, then yes, you're probably going to want to start charging. But at first, you don't need to, especially not for friends and family. I still don't charge for friends and family. Some of my friends insist, but I still don't charge to do Reiki for families. And you can also, if you think you would like to start doing Reiki sessions for people, You can also create a Reiki grid, and I'll include an article in the podcast that links the article I wrote about creating a Reiki grid. You can create a Reiki grid, and in your Reiki grid, you can send energy to several things at once. If you have level two Reiki and you have the distance symbol, you can put, for instance, any of your goals as well in your Reiki grid, and you might have a goal to start a Reiki business put that goal in your grid. You might like to see two clients a week or three clients a week, maybe four, maybe more. Put that goal in your Reiki grid and just hold that in your hands and send Reiki to it every day. And you'll be amazed at how things come together for you. Does anyone have any questions? Yeah. I have a question about distance Reiki. I've been doing Reiki for about 15 years. So I've done family and friends a lot, but I've just been started to 
feel called to expand further. But I have to admit, I have such a connection when I'm with people yeah. and my hands are near them or on them. I'm having a hard time getting my head and I've done distant, yeah. but not like a session with people. It's more of my kids have asked me to help them as they prepare for an exam or yeah. my sisters. But to actually do a session with someone in distance, I'm having a hard time getting my head wrapped around it. I did too at first, but somebody from Massachusetts reached out to me after my first article was published and asked me to do a formal distance session on her. And like you, I'd never done a full session by distance. So I was very nervous about it. And I think she was a bit nervous too. It was her first Reiki session ever. And it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. But there's something that we teach with the ICRT called a teddy bear treatment, where you use the distance symbol and you ask the teddy bear to stand in as a surrogate for the person. And so that's what I did. And if that's something that you'd like to try, it's a great idea to try it on some friends and family and gain your confidence. I didn't have that luxury. I had to jump right in with both feet. And I tried it. And what's fascinating is that as you do the distance sessions, on others, it's you get the very same sensations from your hands as you do when they're there. If you use the distance set, uh, symbol and, and we say, as I give a Reiki session to this teddy bear or this surrogate, I, I send the session to, and you can state the person's name, I get the person on the other end to lie down as if they're getting a session and just pay attention to any sensations that they're experiencing in their bodies. And then go ahead and do the full session. And it's absolutely remarkable because I didn't used to stay on the phone with them. I'd start on the phone and we'd figure out where they wanted the work done and that sort of thing. And then I'd say, okay, now you go ahead and get comfortable, lie down, don't watch TV or read a book, just put some music on and pay attention to what happens. And I didn't like to call them when I was done in, because many times they had gone into so, such deep relaxation they fell asleep. So I would email them what I found and they would be shocked and I would be shocked at first that I would say, gosh, you hadn't mentioned your left ankle, but once I got to your left ankle, I really had to stay there for a while. And they'd say, no, I I'd sprained it, but I didn't mention it because there was this other issue. Or I might say, I couldn't move from your shoulders. And they would say, my shoulders got so hot. And so they actually would experience the session almost the same as in person, except it would be a little bit more powerful. So I really became a fan of distance sessions. In our lineage at the master level, we also have several healing meditations that we can do for our clients at a distance. And those can be incredibly powerful and effective. It's certainly worth trying. And you may still find that, you know what, I really like the in-person sessions. But for me personally, as an empath, I actually prefer the distance sessions because I can stay a lot more clear 
when I'm not in the person's energy. And, and so the sessions become so, so very powerful. So I actually primarily do distance sessions now. I've gone from being skeptical of them to being frightened of them to being a huge fan. So it's really worth giving it a try and just seeing how you like it. You might find okay. it's every bit as powerful. I found it was a bit more powerful and I've talked to a lot of other people who found the same thing and uh, and in this day and age that it that makes things so convenient to be able to <laughs> yes. reach out to people with full sessions that way. Yes. Yeah. I have one friend who said what could go wrong? <laughs> Exactly. Reiki can't cause harm, but I think you might be a bit surprised when you give it a try. So, Okay, I'll let you know. Thank you. I really encourage you to see how you do. Thanks for the question. Did anyone else have any questions? Yeah, Karen. So just following on from the, when you said about the distant and healing meditation. So I understand when you connect with a teddy bear and that's the other person. Am I supposed to actually connect with the person first, though, to do the healing meditation with the symbols? Um, like, because I, I actually haven't. I just didn't. I just thought. I don't. Like, if I'm going to do a healing meditation, I just connect with them over the phone with my voice. Okay. And I just intend for the symbols to go to them. If they are a Reiki practitioner who has symbols, I'll actually say the names of the symbols out loud and invite them to envelop my client. If they don't, I just ask them silently in my mind. I ask the symbols to surround my client and work with them. But the healing meditations really are effective in and of themselves. And so just the fact that you're connected, and you don't even have to be connected. I have one friend, there's an animal Reiki meditation that's really effective for compassion fatigue. And she works in healthcare with frontline healthcare workers who are just exhausted right now and suffering from a lot of compassion fatigue. Many of them were considering leaving their jobs. And uh, she recorded the meditation and sent it to her students and clients who were interested. And they talked about how remarkable, like just one meditation and the chaotic energy and the exhaustion left them and they were able to find themselves again and find their interest in their career again and, and just feel such a deep peace that they hadn't been able to feel in months and months and that's just from a recorded meditation and I know I put a meditation in every one of my podcasts and people listen to that and I just use the distance symbol to intend the energy to flow to whoever listens and people get a a Reiki session with every podcast that they listen to. So there are so many ways to connect, Karen, and it's like Melissa's friend said, what can go wrong? (laughs) So... Can I ask another question? Of course. So it's just about the chakras. Mm -hmm. Because the crown chakra connects to source... Do you ever have to clear and balance the crown chakra? Oh, I think sometimes there can become little obstacles. Certainly, 
when I do hands-on Reiki sessions, which I haven't done for a while, but when I do that, I do a lot of work from the crown of the person. Now I don't know that I'm balancing the crown. I think the Reiki energy is going in through the crown to everywhere else, but certainly the crown chakra does benefit from receiving Reiki. Are we clearing it? Sometimes I think. Sometimes I think there can be some things that that can get in the way. Thank you. All right, we're going to go into a meditation, and this meditation is going to just clear any obstacles or insecurities you might have around talking about Reiki or sharing Reiki. And it's also going to assist you in developing your practice. And even if it's not a formal practice, just extending your reach to family and friends that you might like to begin sharing Reiki with. So I'm going to invite you to just Make yourselves really comfortable. Close your eyes and take some deep breaths. And just begin letting go of any of the busyness of your day. And anything you need to think about later, This moment is about you and for you, so give yourself this time to focus your attention on you. Bring your hands into Gasho, the prayer position with your thumbs at your heart, and just activate your Reiki energy. And if you don't have Reiki, that's all right. You can just activate loving thoughts and loving kindness. And if you have Reiki symbols, I invite you to bring them in today to join you. And then place your hands comfortably on your body, feeling the Reiki energy flowing all around you and through you flowing into your body on your breath. And the angels, the ascended masters, the guides, they're all here standing at the corners of the land and on every side supporting the work that we do. If you're here today, you are a light worker. And our jobs as light workers is to illuminate the darkness. We don't really battle it or fight with it. We illuminate it, which allows it to heal. And the darker or the denser energies generally stem from fear while the more buoyant, lighter energies come from love. And so as Reiki practitioners, we have the ability to channel an energy that can release these denser, less comfortable energies from people, allowing them to heal and grow. And they can also release them from ourselves. Today, we're going to start with us 
ourselves. Just balancing our mind, our body, our soul and spirit and our emotions. And we're going to start with the chakras. I invite you to place one hand on your forehead and one at the tops of your legs, your base chakra and your third eye. And just allow the Reiki energy to flow completely through that chakra, releasing any limiting beliefs, any dense fear-based energies, any discomfort, any energies you may have picked up from others. You have a right to be sovereign in your body. And so we release that now. Any pain or shame, grief, guilt, frustration, anger, anything that is less than love, we return to source now so that it may be transmuted. And we'll just stay here for a few moments. With our base chakra, we ask to be grounded to the earth. And with our third eye, we invite our intuition, our imagination to activate. And now we move one hand to the throat chakra and one to below the navel. We send energy to the sacral chakra, the seat of our creativity, and to our throat chakra, the seat of our expression. We invite our creativity to become active in our lives, helping us to share and spread Reiki, and we invite our throat chakra to be able to express to others in a way that they might understand. And we'll spend a few moments here today. you to move one hand over your heart and the other above your belly button. As we work on the solar plexus, which is the seat of our ambition and of living life on the earth, all of the things that we have to do to live life here. And we send Reiki to our heart chakra. So many times those of us who are drawn to Reiki are sensitive souls. So many times our hearts can get hurt or injured. 
We invite the Reiki energy to release any injuries, any damage that's been done to our heart. And if we've created a heart wall to protect ourselves, it's okay to let that go now too. You have Reiki energy that can form a better protection because it allows the energies in that would be healthy for you. It has a very high level of discernment. We'll just allow the Reiki energy to flow. invite you to place both hands on the top of your head, activating the crown chakra connects us with our higher selves, God or the creator. We just ask that all of our chakras, that all of our energy becomes balanced and unified working together in the same direction. No longer in opposition or working against other parts of ourselves. Sometimes our head wants to do one thing and our heart another. And now place your hands comfortably wherever you're guided as we've released any cords or connectors to any limiting beliefs, anything that might hold you back. And I'd like you to think for a moment, if there was an energy that is preventing you from reaching out and sharing Reiki with others, where would it be in your body? There's no wrong answer to this. It's usually the first thing that shows up. What shape would it have? What color would it be? Would it be heavy? and dense? Or is it light and buoyant? Is it tight or does it create pressure? We call this an obstacle. And the final question I have for you about this is are you willing to let it go? And if you are, you can sit there comfortably this evening as a beam of Reiki energy shines down upon you. You recognize this is no ordinary light. This is Reiki energy that comes directly from the source of all that is. 
You invite that energy to release the obstacles for you. That have prevented you or are preventing you from sharing Reiki or integrating it more fully into your life and all that you do. And we're going to spend a few minutes here allowing this to release fully today. the light of confidence to flow through you so that you might have the confidence to understand that you are fully capable of sharing Reiki with others and if there is anything that would stand in your way that would hold you back we release it with love to the light now the light of Reiki to fill you. Releasing any pain, any physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional injuries, or any limiting beliefs that may be holding you back in your life or with Reiki.
and just breathe. With every in-breath, you breathe in the light of Reiki and with every out-breath, you release all of the stagnant energies that no longer serve you. And we'll just breathe in this space for a while. the Reiki energy to clear and empower the space around you, your homes. And your loved ones, two-legged or four-legged. With the assistance of the Reiki energy, I invite you to think of one person in your life. Who it would give you great joy to share a Reiki session with. And I invite you to imagine a conversation you would have with that person. Inviting the Reiki energy to flow, what words would the Reiki energy encourage you to use? How would you approach that person? What would you say or do? We're going to stay here a few moments as you imagine that unfolding. If there are any obstacles that would prevent that, we release those now. And now I invite you to take a few minutes and think about who else you might like to approach and offer Reiki. and invite the Reiki energy to show you who else in your life might be open to receiving a Reiki session. Whether it's by distance or in person. And I invite you to stay here as long as you'd like. But whenever you're ready, you can come back and I invite you to jot down that list of people. 